When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So today, we are going to talk about what I didn't talk about last week. I've had a whole bunch of people point out that I did not talk about something. Something that every other channel that is even remotely like mine talked about. Everybody did. That's where the views were. But I didn't. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about closely held beliefs. We're going to talk about truth, and I'm going to run through a strategy that you can use in your own life to reach people that maybe have bought into propaganda and slogans, and they have developed a closely held belief based on propaganda and slogans that is contrary to the way they normally are. See, that thing from last week politically divisive. Very much so. And because of that, people are very entrenched in their positions. They have their talking points, they have their slogans, and they hold those beliefs closely. If you provide somebody with a closely held belief, if you provide them contradictory information, new information, that contradicts that closely held belief, what happens? You trigger cognitive dissonance, and it's uncomfortable. And normally what happens is the people reject the new information out of hand. They don't consider it, because it flies in the face of something they believe. It makes it very hard to have forward movement on politically divisive issues, because nobody's really listening to each other. So how do you get through that? You don't talk about it. And you don't provide them new information. I don't believe uh, the truth can be told. I think it has to be realized. You can't berate somebody into accepting your position. If that works, it's going to be incredibly superficial and temporary. If you want to actually change somebody's mind, you have to provide them with the opportunity to realize the truth on their own. Something else that I believe is that if something is true, it is true across all systems. And most people believe that. That's why a lot of argumentation is whataboutism. Oh, well, what about that over there? People innately know that hypocrisy shouldn't exist if something is true. should always be true. So don't give them new information. Don't try to berate them into uh, accepting your position. Put them in a position where they're examining their own closely held belief that is contradictory to the one that is based on slogans and propaganda. 
allow them to experience it on their own. Let them come to the truth themselves. Sounds great, right? How do you do it? (laughs) With this situation, you have moral arguments and you have practical arguments to just about everything. With the situation over there, moral arguments, as far as affecting change, they don't really matter. If moral arguments mattered when it came to the treatment of marginalized people, the United States would not look the way it does. Okay. However, you still want to make those arguments because that's where that contradictory belief may lie. Okay, so I think that most people would believe that dividing people up, kind of sectioning them off, that's uncool. You shouldn't do that. I think most people would believe that. And if something is true, it's true across all systems. If you do do that, you also have the moral obligation to make sure that the people who are separated off can continue their way of life. You can't wall them off and leave them in abject poverty, right? But you can't talk about it like that. Because if you do, it will get rationalized. They'll come up with a reason that it's okay in this one situation because of the propaganda and the slogans. So don't talk about that situation. Instead of talking about it in that framing, talk about, I don't know, maybe the Klamath River running through a native reservation and how people outside are uh, looking at diverting some of the water and impacting their way of life. Violating that moral obligation. Maybe they make the connection. Another big one is the uh, disproportionate use of force, unnecessary force. The big one last week that caught everybody's attention was the AP building getting hit. But see, you can't talk about that. If you do, it will be rationalized. So you can't talk about the Associated Press. So don't talk about Alexandra Peterson, a journalist, and how her apartment got blown up by the cops going after somebody downstairs. If something is true, it's true across all systems. You can trigger that cognitive dissonance within their own beliefs. You don't have to introduce new information that will be rejected. This is something they already believe. I would suggest that most people believe that militarization of a community is bad. So maybe talk about the 1033 program. Kind of highlight that. It's also worth noting that in this situation over there, one side has a whole lot more power than the other. One is capable of dealing a whole lot more damage. So maybe talk about risk assessment. Talk about how if you have a bulletproof vest on and goggles and somebody's going to shoot a BB gun at you, well, that's not really a threat. And maybe somebody makes the connection to that multi-billion dollar system, the defense system. You're trying to get them to realize they hold contradictory beliefs. You don't have to give them new information. 
Um, now, in this case, there's a both sides thing. And if you've watched this channel long enough, you know I don't like to both sides anything. But in this case, one objectively exists. There are international norms and international standards of conduct when it comes to conflict. In this case, both sides can legitimately say, because of what happened to my people, those laws, uh, well, I kind of view myself as a little bit exempt from them. doesn't matter which side you're on. You know that that's true historically. You may not believe that that's justification, but you know that that rationale exists and there's a legitimate reason for the rationale to exist. So acknowledge it. Acknowledge it. Yeah, legality isn't always morality. Maybe talk about pirates and emperors. But at the same time, you don't want to encourage them to go further. So maybe point out that you don't need a law to be a good person. Highlight that by talking about how you're going to wear a mask even though there's no legal mandate to. It's all little things that may work on one person. This, all of these things, they're not going to hit everybody. One of them may work on a whole lot of people. One of them may only work on one. Those are the moral arguments. And then you get to the practical ones. And if you're talking about real change, these are the ones you have to keep in mind. Because while people like discussing the moral arguments, because there's a lot of clarity there, what is that situation? It's one of international relations, foreign policy, and war. Morality is not a component in any of those discussions. Foreign policy decisions are not made within a moral framework. Not really. And if you take the stance of only addressing the moral arguments, well, you only strengthen the hand of those people who know they don't really matter. Not in this sense. So, what are the practical concerns? And these are going to be things that people know. And they know them to be true but maybe they're willing to overlook them because of slogans and propaganda. Firing without having the intelligence to know what you're hitting, and by intelligence I'm talking about information. Uh, that's bad. I, I think most people would agree with that. However, again, if you talk about it in that sense, over there, <laughs> well, what about the other side? They do it too. That's what you're going to get. So don't frame it there. Instead of talking about it in relationship to that conflict, talk about it in relationship to Afghanistan and our preparations for maintaining over-the-horizon capabilities and what's likely to happen. You might want to provide a hard uh, foreign policy reality check, too, because people know this to be true as well. The dominant power over there gets a lot of leeway from world powers because it is strategically important. A lot like South Africa. A lot like South Africa. 
And if you're going to kind of point that out, you might also want to do a follow-up conversation where you mention that there is a uh, foreign policy option on the table right now that would lower the strategic importance of the entire region. But Biden is running out of time to do it. When you're talking about uh, militarization and the money that it takes to do that and the equipment, it might be worthwhile to point out that using that on schools and EMS might be more beneficial. You could do this in the 1033 conversation because people know that more military power doesn't normally bring peace. Education does. Opportunities do. Getting past it is what creates a lasting peace. Then the big one. They're doing it wrong. The dominant power is doing it wrong. Everybody who has ever watched any movie about this type of thing knows that a security clampdown only strengthens the, the resistance. If you've watched this channel, you, you certainly know it. I've talked about it a lot. But it's a common theme in, in Hollywood as well. People know it. They know this innately. So point out that that's occurring. Those security clampdowns, those uh, excesses of force, they only prolong the conflict. They don't end it. And uh, maybe point out that it is on the dominant power to make sure that negotiations happen. It's, it's their responsibility. And you could do both those in the same conversation, talking about slogans and pirates. Um, and then when it comes to negotiations, maybe point out that from the outside, if one group has made concessions, it kind of appears like they just want a fair shake. And you could talk about that in relationship to minors who are currently on strike. I talked about it all week. And I just didn't talk about it in that context. I added other context. And if you want to uh, do that, you, you might also want to point out that those who are in power, who benefit from slogans, they don't like context. And you could talk about the Republicans not wanting an investigation into Capitol Hill. So it drives the point home. So from start to finish, you have different topics you can use to address the core universal truths. And if something is true, it's true across all systems. And everybody knows that. This is a way you can reach people. This is, this is a method that does work. Um, whether it worked in this case, I have no idea. No clue. Figured it was worth a shot. Um, for once, this was getting a lot of coverage. It normally doesn't. So that's why I didn't talk about it last week. Because I spent a lot of time talking about it without talking about it hoping to dislodge people from slogans, from propaganda.
I know that that's not what a lot of people want to hear. They want to hear those moral arguments. They want to be told that they're right. And maybe you are. Maybe you are. But all that does is uh, motivate that side, whichever side you're on. I don't know that it really changes minds when you're talking about a situation that is this entrenched. And one thing we do know is that this is unsustainable. The side that I'm on is the civilians. It's the side I'm always on. This is unsustainable. It can't last. And with the current dynamic, this cycle of violence will continue until the dominant power is no longer as strategically important. It would be cool if we could get to the point where this could be talked about without talking points. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good day.